2: Good morning, everybody. Welcome to Monday Mornings on SCN, the Rugby League Roundup. Yes, the NRL Premiership is officially underway. The footy season for 2023, I reckon, started like the excited puppy dog comes bounding down the street on the morning walk. But those puppies are cute and fluffy. So is the game sometimes, but they leave behind a mess. And so too does the game sometimes. A bit to clean up. That's our job this morning. Clean it up, round it up. And the man to do it, you've got your uh, pooper scooper, you're ready to rumble. Matty Johns, good morning
1: to you. Matty, good morning. I must say that uh, that intro music, it sounds like Perfect Match.
2: <laughs> the old Greg Evans, perfect peaches oh, and cream.
1: Dexter, it was all <laughs> happening. And of course, Bill Harrigan appeared on there once, and Junior Pierce. Oh,
2: yeah. Golden days,
1: show. golden what,
2: days. What a uh, show.
1: Remember they'd say, what are you into? And they'd always say, oh, it was always... Uh, yeah, you know, laying on the beach, windsurfing, mm. and I'm a real rager. That's to say, every time. <laughs> yeah, and
2: and then sometimes that screen would pull back, and they go, "Oh, really? Oh no! Oh, oh no!" It's like the two a.m. lights, mate, coming on at the nightclub. Oh, uh, we've got a bit to clean up. We've got a little bit to round up, as I say. So let's start with this, an overall snap judgment for you on week one, done and dusted now. But. In terms of the competition, Matty, from what you saw across the weekend and the results that we've got, do you reckon this could be the closest comp we've had
1: in years? Look, it's, it's really hard to draw conclusions, Matty, at round one. Until I always found, I've always found that about round five or six, you're starting to get a really good gauge. But if I had to say, if, you, if you're pushing me on a prediction, I'd say absolutely, yes. Because you just see the top sides just coming back a little bit. Penrith, of course, you know, in their case, the salary cap has worked uh, because they've they've had a, uh, a as we've said before a layer of talent and experience taken away. Melbourne, the same. Uh, they got away with a good win. Parramatta, you know, they've lost Reed Marnie, the same. And, but on the other side of the coin, you've got already you can see big improvement in sides such as uh, Manly, of course. And, uh, and, and numerous other, the Broncos, of course, like I, they, they were fantastic, the Broncos, and so on and so forth. And then you've got the Dolphins out of round one, which is going to be hard for them to maintain, but what a story, first up. Just a, uh, a great day for the game. I, I'd heard that apparently Peter Volandes, um, my boss at Fox Sports, Steve Crawley, said that uh, he had a talk to Peter Volandes, and Peter was quite emotional, mm-hmm. because I'd say there was a lot at stake for the game yesterday afternoon.
2: It's it's always a big thing. I mean, any time you can introduce a new team, a new club to any competition is, is massive. And to have that kind of effect and that kind of um, outpouring of emotion from the stands and, of course, the result is is uh, absolutely huge and it should be emotional as well. We'll dig a little bit deeper into that one. We only had one blowout score really throughout the weekend and it was that Manly team that you mentioned, 31-6. to And a a nice touch talking of emotion, Matty. I I saw this on the Manly Twitter feed, your jumper presentation to Cooper, which you got to do and this is how you addressed him and the team.
1: Coops, I'll just say that uh, it's funny. i got a a six Manly jersey at home. I swapped it after full-time in a game with tubes and uh, I remember taking it home and it was just the front of it was drenched in blood. And of course Trisha's mum wanted to wash it. But I never let her do it because for me it just symbolised what a bloke would do for his club with tubes. And that's the thing about it, you know, to say to Coops is there's no guarantee you're gonna play good, there's no guarantee you're gonna win. We can just give everything you got. So of inspiration from tubes and you'll
2: be okay i'm sure you've done plenty of jumper presentations maddie um the emotion behind that and and digging into that tapping into that uh story about tubes as well just just give me an insight into how that all uh, all played for you
1: yeah it was funny uh, like um, yes the first one i ever did i I didn't get the opportunity uh, myself and trish to present when he was at the melbourne storm because of COVID. So Melbourne Storm were good enough to do up a, a Zoom feed and we said a few words and yeah, it was, it was emotional. Jack, when I went up um, a couple of years ago to Newcastle, um, the, the same with the Rabbitohs, by the way, too. When, when Jack was at the Rabbitohs, his mm. first jersey, we did it via Zoom. The uh, Newcastle, I went up there and it, it, was, it was surreal because I remember walking in and going, I'm thinking to myself straight away, man, this was me. 27 years ago, how quickly time goes, and it was very difficult. I actually couldn't talk, but with it, yeah, it was. But it was really, I, you know, when I I grabbed the six jersey, I looked and I thought, man, this is, this is uh, ironic, because yeah, that's it. I mean, I swapped the jersey with Tuves. I mean, the day we played them. Um, uh, Napa was on the bench. Craig Field was at halfback, and uh, Tours was at six. And I remember after the game, so I always just admired Tuves that much. I said, "Can we swap jerseys?" He said, yeah, you're good as gold, and I, I took it home, and yeah, it, and it's still there, and it's just got blood all on the front of it. <laughs> and for me, that just symbolises turfs. Is you, if you can, I, I reckon you throw any player in in rugby league history. You know, the great Noel Kelly, uh, Johnny Sattler, all of them. No one ge- gave more than Toves for his club, and that's what I said to, to Cooper. You know. Is the fact that you can go out there and play, and there is no guarantee you're going to play great, and there's no guarantee you're going to win. But one thing you can guarantee is you just give everything you got for your teammate and for the jersey. And so, um, and it was it was a good result. You know, when you go to a new club, you just want to have a solid start. So yeah, it was a uh, it was a good day.
2: It sure was uh, a fair bit of news around, as you'd imagine, off the back of round one, including reports this morning that Joseph Swali has committed to the Roosters until the end of next season, 2024. So his deal was up uh, this year. I want you to give us your snap judgments on round one, thanks to Snap Fitness, on a mission to help you feel fantastic. Also on the roundup this morning, the Dolphins are in. What a start at Suncorp. The coaches under the microscope, new coaches, old coaches, returning coaches, will start our coach of the year judging who was the standout player from the first round and also the changes to the Dali M judging I want your thoughts on that Maddie the independent don- uh, doctor now This is a massive talking point after the opening round. Could it be the defining issue of 2023? At the Panthers, Jerome Luai and Jamin Salmon gave each other a spray. If you're Ivan Cleary, is it what you want to see or is it a worry? Wade Graham's hit on Davey Mowali. He's facing at least three weeks for that one. The best newbie of round one. It can be a player, a coach or a club who came out of the gates the best and for a little bit later on I'm going to give you some thinking time on this is there a team that changed your mind for your top 8 if we gave you a free pass after round 1 would you swap somebody in or swap somebody out. 0457 736 736 is our text line. Come and join us on the roundup. one one 1170 And later, experienced medico Dr Nathan Gibbs will join me. Is the independent doctor good for the game? The thoughts of Dr Nathan Gibbs coming up later this morning. So let's hook in straight on that one, Matty. The independent doctor, this is a huge talking point. Do you think this could be one of the defining issues? Because it's something that's certainly in the focus today.
1: Well, it's something we just have to get used to. I really feel for the independent doctor because, look, the independent doctor, um, you know, there's certain nuances we can try to work out, one of which is having the independent doctor at the field. But the bottom line is the independent doctor, it's his job to look after the welfare of the individual, the player. right? And i tell you what they do a lot of times. Like Ricky made a point where he said, you know... Um, the game and the RLPA, RLPA doesn't trust the coaches. Well, I'll take it one step further. And more than the coaches, is I think a lot of times you can't trust the player because I know when I was a player, right? if I get a head knock, I'm doing everything I can to stay on the football field as a young player. I'm doing everything I can. I, I'm not thinking 20 years, 25 years later. I'm just thinking I want to hold my jersey. I want to be out here for the win. I'm not going to surrender my jersey and give someone else a chance. I want to stay on that field no matter what. So that's why the independent doctor's, doctor's there and that's why he's erring on, this, on the side of safety. The independent doctor, it is not his job to sit there and go, well, this is a really important part of the game and oh, the game's on the line and they really need Kalen out there. No, that's not his job. He's pragmatic. He says he's had a head knock. He laid down for a second. It's my job to get him off and check him. And that's just the way it is. And that's just the way the game is is going. I'm not... Like, there's people... I hear people say the game has gone soft. I'm not even going to acknowledge that rubbish, right? Because the people who say that have got no... Most people who say that haven't got skin in the game, right? They're not out there doing doing it themselves. They haven't got loved ones playing. They haven't got mates out there playing. The game hasn't gone soft. We acknowledge um, the damage of CTE. We talk about it all the time. Until it doesn't suit. Right, so there are things that are more important than two, the uh, two points.
2: The Kalen Ponga one was interesting, and obviously you would have been watching this closely. I called this one right here at SEN, and, and Brett Kamali, Tim Manor with me. The, the initial part was, Maddie that we didn't really see it first up. They they had to go mm. back through it. So the independent doctor, as you point out, possibly one of the arguments here is, is the doctor better off at the field or better off yes. in front of the screens? And when I chat to Nathan Gibbs later, I guarantee you he'll say the more information he's got with screens, the better, because it's chaos, as you know, down on the sideline. So when they went back to the Ponga incident and he got collected or got pretty well collected by Adam Fanua, blake the biggest bloke on the field, to me it was a no-brainer. Pardon the pun. It was a no-brainer that he had to go off. However, the time that had passed in between that incident and when he was pulled up by the independent doctor... That's where the confusion comes in for the player. And, of course, Caelan yep. Ponga doesn't want to go off. So is there a need, do you think, to somehow streamline it? Can they do it any better? Or, or do we have to live with mm. the fact that the doctor needs to take a bit of
1: time to find some signs? I think you get, the doctor has to take time. He, he just can't... like. Uh... The, by giving the doctor just a little bit of time, he can assess all the different angles and see what the player reaction was. The, the, the Ponga one, so much, there'd been a fair bit of time had passed. That's why I caught everyone by surprise. Look, was it a tough call? Yeah, possibly. But I come back to the fact that we acknowledge it is one of the biggest issues in sport. And this is going to be a byproduct of, of reacting and making the game safer and making the game uh, appealing to the next generation that want to play, you know, and it's there's no easy way around it. Like, we, we either go with it or we, or, or we don't. And people are saying, you know, there's so many head knocks in the game at the moment. I, I tell you that, Matty, the head knocks have always been there. Yeah. Even they are slightly different. I mean, the five meter rule. I, I will say this: the ten meter rule, uh, there is more momentum and inertia, and of course, and, and the athletes are a lot more powerful. So, but back in the day, the five meter rule. You know, I remember a kid coming through and you'd get tackled. As you'd hit the ground, there was literally a wave of late, late tackles that had come in. So the head knocks were different. They were cheap shots back in a, a different era. It's not about the concussions. It's what we do with them, right? And I, I remember years ago, uh, well, years ago, I'm saying about five years ago, I interviewed Malu, Dr. Benadamalu, who, of course, he was, he was the guy that the movie uh, concussion was based yes. off, he was the guy, the Nigerian doctor who found CTE. And he said, the most important thing with a head knock is to get the athlete off the field. He said, the most damaging thing in boxing is when a boxer suffers a, what he called a micro knockout. A little hit, and you. to, to give an idea what, what a micro knockout is, I, I knew when I suffered a little micro knockout, because... What we used to call it, to a certain extent, it was the wobbly boot. But other times, Matty, it was just a feeling of deja vu where I've been here before. And that's when you knew you suffered it. Now, when mm. you in the boxing ring or on the football field, when you suffer a, a micro-knockout, that leaves you vulnerable going forward. And he said, it's the hit after that, the hit after that, the one after that that's causing all the damage. And this is why we've gone down the route we have.
2: And, and you can't, to your point, you, you cannot put that onus back on the player. You suffer a micro <laughs> knockout like that and and in your competitive nature wants to stay out there. You do not want to get off the field and that's that's yeah. exactly what you want as a coach. But the game has the responsibility. In my opinion, yes. the game's taken the responsibility. So there's a medical and welfare side of this and that's very easy to tick off. There's also the bigger picture legal side of this, Matty, because if the game doesn't do this, when a class action comes and it'll come sooner or later, mm-hmm. the game needs to be able to make sure that legally it's doing the right thing as well. So let me put this to you. You've got the ultimate respect for Ricky Stewart and for Wayne yep. Bennett and their experience and their standing in the game. But if you're Peter Volandis or Andrew Abdo this morning, what do you do when you see those comments from Wayne, from Ricky, saying this independent doctor thing's gone too far, we've got to get rid of it?
1: I just, mate, I think it's a, just a phone call, a private phone call, and say, you know, guys, we're not, you know, we're not going away from this. We're not backtracking. You just can't do it. Um, simple as that. I thought, I thought Ricky's comments, you know, to agree. Like, like I, I think, I tell you what I agree with Ricky's comments, with the, with the player welfare. And he said, look, if we're going to talk about player welfare, why are we up here in the tropics playing an, a 4.30 game? Yeah. I, I, did, I did agree with that. Um, but as far as the head knock's concerned, it's, 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 it's done. That that's, that's that's just the way the game game has gone and will continue.
2: It's not going to change. Uh, make sure you stay tuned later on this morning, my chat with Dr. Nathan Gibbs around that entire issue. So the Dolphins, Matty, they're in. What a start at Suncorp Stadium. Not too many people oh. saw this coming. If there's anything that Wayne Bennett loves doing, it's walking out with the old middle finger raised as, as, he, yeah. as he says goodbye, sayonara, see you later, folks. Thanks for coming.
1: Yeah, you'd see him at the press conference. He sat there, and you could see him looking at the press, just thinking, <laughs> "God, I've missed this in the last twelve months." Incredible! It's um, did we give him a chance? No, no, we didn't. You know, when you look at the Roosters' lineup, and and, and you you draw you you draw a uh, form line through that last trial where the where the Dolphins were diabolical, and you go, "Mate, I, I I went out of that trial game thinking to myself." This could be a disaster you know, re- regarding the Dolphins going forward and thinking, what is gonna, what's going to happen here? And I sat down to watch the game yesterday thinking, I just hope this is going to be a really tough you know, go-to-the-wire type game to, so they can launch, even if they don't get the two points, they can launch and people can go, well, that was a good effort and we've made the right decision to bring in another team, but... You know, clever recruitment, right, really clever recruitment from Wayne because people raised eyebrows when he signed the Bromwich Brothers and Felice Cafusi, going, either oh, over the hill. Well, yeah, they're getting towards the end. But yesterday when the game was on the line and the going got tough, they were the blokes that really stood up and guided the side home. And it's just that experience. And those, those older guys that come out of that Melbourne Storm system and have that discipline... Now, they're the ones that are going to set up the culture of the Dolphins club. And so, yeah, great, a great day for the game yesterday. And as I said earlier, yeah, my, my, my understanding was that Peter Valandis was quite emotional because there was a lot at stake yesterday for Peter. If that had been smashed, people would have just... It would have been on today. It would have been all over the back pages that what a mistake this has been. But, uh, yeah, terrific result. Felice Fusi. Oh, man, it was just, you know... And, and I think a real turning point in the game where the Dolphins going forward in their history can point to a moment and say, we've arrived, as when Felice just jammed Cheesy Fries, mm. Brandon Smith, and that was that just lifted the whole side. Everything changed. At, at, to, at that point, the game was in a balance and, and the Dolphins were struggling. They were starting to lose traction, but he just turned that around. I, I've... Felice has been a really top liner for a long time, but I've never seen him step up and show that kind of inspirational leadership.
2: 32,177 were there. The cheese was absolutely grated (laughs) by Felice. I I wonder if there's just a quick question around, I mean, great scenes yesterday. The Redcliffe chant went up and 32,000. You're not going to be able to fit that in, obviously, at Redcliffe. Do you reckon there's a case that they quite possibly sh- should have started their season in their home backyard at their own ground?
1: No, I, I think it's I, I think it's a uh, I, I love the SunCorp Stadium because you know what? It's sort of like it almost like they almost put their flag in the ground and said, okay, this is like <laughs> yeah, we're taking the Broncos on. Yeah. We, we want to make Brisbane our city. Uh, and it's funny, I said this on the show last night. Like, I, I think the fans last night voted. Like the Brisbane fans, that they want to be the Redcliffe Dolphins. Yeah. Right? I see nothing wrong. And I, like I, I get the understanding initially when people go, well, you know, it is, will Wynnum Manly fans or Valley fans or South Brisbane fans follow us if we are Redcliffe? Because they've been bitter rivals, of course, for, for as long as the game's been played up there in Queensland. But... I just think I, I I I would love to see it go to Redcliffe Dolphins, and I think the champ went up yesterday. And I think people sent a message.
2: Let us know your thoughts on that. Oh four five seven seven three six seven three six. Should they just go back to the Red or become the Redcliffe Dolphins? And also, do you think they're the real deal after that spectacular debut against the Roosters? One 1170 is the open line. We're going to chat the best newbie of round one. Is there a team that changed? your mind and if you're Ivan Cleary are you worried about two of your players having a go at each other and being caught on camera doing it or is it what you want to see? Let us know your thoughts this morning, this is the Roundup on SEN. Hey, Matty, we're going to talk about this this morning. Liverpool 7, Man United (laughs) nil this morning in the Premier League. We're going to hook into that after the news coming up, but we need to go to the open line because Paul from Brizzy's jumped on the line. Uh, Paul, you were at the game yesterday, so what do you think? Do the Dolphins become the Redcliffe Dolphins or do you just keep it at the Dolphins?
0: No, 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 no. No way. I did hear that chant. It took me a while to work out what was going on. Redcliffe still playing the Brizzy comp, eh? But, like, there were jerseys from Chinchilla. I saw one from Yarriman. I'm an old Crushers fan. So, Redcliffe, really, uh, anyone from south-east Queensland who can't get the Titans and doesn't like News Limited, as in the Broncos. Um, and so... <laughs> they've you're to talking go about Redcliffe. my
1: employer there.
0: <laughs> you know, I don't care. Um, I don't care, mate. Well, get up yours. you're <laughs> <gonna be> irrelevant. <laughs> Hey, but here's another one for you, Eddie. You're not a bad bloke for a non queenslander by the way. Um, Thanks, mate. What about Flipper? Remember that Flipper show? Yeah. Yeah, you know? unfortunately I do. Yeah, well, I think the, the Dolphins need to get onto that. It was a great <laughs> well, song. They call him Flipper, Flipper, faster well, than lightning,
1: something rather else. Well, get onto that for us. Well, great i tell song. you, I, I, in my opinion... I, they've missed. They've missed an opportunity here. Of course, the the best thing ever to come out of Redcliffe, apart from the Dolphins, has been the Bee Gees. And I've, I've said for a while. I said I would love to see, at the Dolphins' home game, the mascot being a Barry Gibbon impersonator. <laughs> and every time, every time they score, you will Barry onto the field and perform staying Alive." <laughs> You're an idea, friend, where you? where you oh, yeah. Nice work, Paul. <laughs> Music's loud, women warm have been kicked around since I was born.
2: <laughs> nice work, Paul. Good on you. Mate. Good on you, Paul. I tell you, stay on the line. We're gonna send you something for that one. You've kicked off it beautifully this morning. We need to go to the uh, news and then we'll come on back. So a massive result this morning. Seven goals. Liverpool have put past Man United, who ended up with nothing. We'll do that after this. Thanks, Vanessa. We've got plenty of NRL, obviously, to continue to get through on the roundup this morning with Maddie Johns, uh, including our coach of the year points. So, Maddie, we're going to start judging the coaches of the year. And on the judging front, I'll get your thoughts too around the changes to the Dally M judging for 2023. We've now got two judges. They'll remain anonymous, so you can get a maximum of six points. But does it matter if you're at the game or is it OK if you're watching it on the telly? Your thoughts on that? But Liverpool 7, Man United Neil, this is massive. You, you well know that if you're in the UK at the moment, especially in that area, that's
1: it. That's all you're talking about. Incredible. And i tell you what, it'll be, be a big day up in the Hunter Valley because of Craig Johnston, because of Jono. Uh, most people up there I know um, are Liverpool, big Liverpool supporters. And it's been a tough year for Liverpool. At Liverpool under Klopp, we've had a great couple of seasons few seasons there but uh, this year I reckon you just look at them and they've they've lost to that just that pinch of desire I reckon they've put style above su- above substance a little bit but that that was just an enormous result um, just you know and it, it's fantastic it's just you know like I love it when like I've interviewed Craig a few times or even just general conversation over beer with Jono. and the, the moment I start talking about Liverpool he just wells up yeah. Straight away, and it's you know I know Barcelona their um, their motto is more than a club, Well, Liverpool's exactly the same. I remember as a kid, you know, you get getting up at uh, wee hours of the morning, watching them beat Roma in the European Cup and stuff like that. It's just got so much tradition. There's just so much love for that club, and and in the Premier League, I tell you what, you're, you're the king one moment, and then you're under the pump the next. Like, you know, Jurgen Klopp, of course, he's been under pressure this year after being, you know, spoken about as one of the, their greatest ever managers alongside, you know, Kenny Leach, Glog- and and Shankly and whatnot. But this year he's been under the pump. And now, of course, the Dutchman, uh, Eric Eric, Eric the Great, yep. they'll they call him their man united. He'd wake up today and he would be under the pump massively. So, mate, it's a, it's a tough school there for managers. The club's heaviest defeat
2: since 19... 19- Thirty-one. Put this into pers- perspective in a rugby league front scoreline and and teams like teams that hate each other and an absolute thrashing.
1: Wow. Yeah. It'd be. <laughs> it'd, I'm just mate. I, I, it'd be like it'd be like the bunnies beating the roosters fifty 0 fifty 0 or 60 nil in a semi final. Yeah, exactly.
2: Let us uh, know your thoughts around that. Did you catch it this morning? Is it the most stunning uh, victory you've seen? I mean, Liverpool 7, Manchester United 0. We're going to dig into that a little bit later. Coach of the year. Right, let's do this, Matty, after round one. Thanks to Glencore, advancing everyday life. So what we're going to do after each round is give 3-2-1 to the coaches and obviously collate those. I mean, where does where does Wayne Bennett's performance sit here? Is that a, is that a three-pointer straight off the bat or does somebody like Anthony Seabold put his hand up to take
1: the, th- the three? Uh look, I'll go with... I'll, I'll ride on the wave of the emotion and say it's three points to Wayne. Particularly, uh, partic- just particularly how he's turned that last trial around. And and I'll, I'll be honest with you. I, I was watching Wayne after that or during up in the box in that last trial. And Wayne will just scoff and go, mate, you, you're kidding, aren't you? But, mate, I could see that he was a little bit rattled by it. Mm. But in that short period of time to then go, okay... This is what happened. I know what happened. I know how to turn this around. I know how to beat the Roosters. The style of football they played primarily, Matty, when you enter a competition, right, and you are, uh, for use of a better term, a battler. You, you, you're at a side that's got a punch above your weight. The first thing you've got to do is make yourself tough to beat. And that's, that's how they, they built their game yesterday. They didn't move the ball sideways, uh, for the sake of it, they just kept the ball right through the centre field and drove through. They completed high and they tackled their asses off, right. And straight away, that makes you hard to beat. And and by doing that, they just burnt the Roosters out of gas. And that last twenty minutes was their reward. You know, when all of a sudden the flash football came. But yeah, Wayne just adjusted their style, got them playing a more blue style of foot, uh, blue collar style of football, and uh, and got the dividends. The two points I give to Jason Demetria. I watching the way that um, the bunnies, the bunnies are about to take the next step, because I thought the bunnies were always too left centric. Everything went to the left to Cody. There was just way too much pressure on Cody. What you see now is you've got Cook through the middle, reignite, reignited, getting him out, getting, making him the focal point again. But Lachlan Ilias on the right-hand side, is all of a sudden starting to have a huge impact. So he gets the two points. One point I'm going to go with, look, there's an argument for Sebes, but uh, I don't want to be biased, living on the Northern Beaches. I'll go one point, Justin Holbrook. Justin Holbrook, and we've discussed this before, the decision from Justin Holbrook, after losing both of them all for the season, which is a big loss, but to shift David Fafita from the right over to the left to work with the experienced Kieran for and We said before that, I think it could have been a real making of David for Fafita. And yesterday, Fafita was devastating. And you just watch. When you go back and watch the game, you look at the little things that Foran did for Fafita. The first try they scored, Foran did this beautiful late little straighten that just opened the gap up for Fafita. So one point to Justin Holbrook.
2: I reckon there's two. an argument. It's interesting, isn't it? Because as you were talking, mate, I was trying to pencil down who I thought would be probably fit the one-point role because I would have thought that that, that Anthony Siebold would slot into the two points and the first name that came up was Jason Demetrio and that, that right versus left um, combination now that you're talking about, one of the key things that I thought was really cool was Lachlan Ilias giving an, an insight into, you know what, there's so much focus over there on our left side that us guys over here on the right, it's like forwards and backs, defence and attack. It's like we take that personally. So they're, they're all, rack, you know, racking on about how good the left is. Well, we want to yep. prove how good we can be on the right.
1: Yes, you can see with Lachlan that la- that last... Uh, the, the first 12 months, he went through, through some... Like all young playmakers do, right? I, I think young playmakers, or young players in general, Matty, I don't think... I, you don't look at them as first graders until they've played, in my opinion, f- about 40 NRL games. And with playmakers when they start to get around that 40, you start to see some gr- green shoots and then they get to about 60, better. When they hit 100, you start to see them really find themselves and then ongoing until they <laughs> hit around 200 and start to see sometimes see them start to subside a little bit, but you know what I'm getting at. Yeah. At, at the back end of last year, I saw some little things in his game, little things in his game, like his, his subtlety in his playmaking that you went, hey, this kid's got some real class about him and and he showed that some that, that he, he play, he did a little short ball for Campbell Graham, uh, in the first half that was up a short side, and to play a short side and do it, he did, that 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 takes a lot of intelligence, and nice little sleight of hand. So it was really, it was great to see.
2: Some good arguments, I reckon, too, for Andrew Webster. First game in charge of the Warriors. We'll break these down, but a new-look Warriors outfit, yep. and he's combined them well. Good uh, good argument for Craig Bellamy. I mean, we, we know what Craig Bellamy's done in the game, but... Uh, Make sure that a player like Harry Grant can take that risk on the final play and to get through um, what was happening with Cameron Munster. And a good argument, too, probably for Kevi Walters as well to yes. instil that defence in the Broncos. So we'll dig in game by game uh, throughout the course of the next hour. But a couple of the other issues outstanding, Matty. Jerome, Luai, Jamin, and Sam, and give each other a spray. It's caught on the television cameras. Um, players get into sprays with other players all the time. It's the competitive nature, but if you're Ivan Cleary
1: and you look at that is it what you want to see or are there cracks starting to appear it wouldn't worry me if I was a coach one bit i'd just drag him you drag him into training and say hey boys everything okay you bloke sweet okay let's get on with it like some of the things you say to your some of your best mates or even people you're related to on the field <laughs> Honestly, it just, like, like I mean, me and Joey, one of the great things having Joey as a halves partner and vice versa is that we could absolutely just give it to one another, say some horrible things, and we still do. But then, of course, you, you know, because you're, you're brothers, it's it's forgotten in, in half a second. But even, like, I played alongside a guy called Adam Muir, and me and Hertzie were best mates, right? And he was incredible, tough player, but... The one thing he didn't like doing was getting on the kick chase. right? So every we'd drive the ball downfield, and I'd watch Hertz, as his nickname was, and he'd just sort of bog trot down. So I used to run past him all the time and give him a mouthful, give him a slap on the arse and go, get down there, you lazy. And, mate, he'd turn around and give me a massive spray. And It was every kick chase. This sort of stuff, it happens at full time because they lose and because it's caught on camera, it becomes a big deal. But, Matty, it's not really. Mm. It's just. I think it's just a, a signal of the frustration, which is obvious across the side. Is it competitive? It's it's obviously competitive
2: juices. I actually saw Fletchy Boy ask the question last night on your show, and I thought it was a good one. So, it, do you prefer that to happen in the dressing rooms? I mean, if, if
1: you're yeah. a coach, do you say, "Listen, boys, pull that over there," or you just let them go at it? Mate? You know, sometimes if it happens in the dressing room. It can escalate a little bit because everybody or everyone's watching it, and you start to get the you know, guys standing going, oh, 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 that's enough, that's enough. Quite, and suddenly you're in there and you're watching it, and you're going, Hang on, this is we're, we're losing control here, and a little bit of panic. But for those two just on the field to go at each other, I think <laughs> I, if I'm one of their teammates and I wake up the next day and I see that vision, mate, i have a laugh. I just go, Have a like, you sort of you can see with the personality of both guys. That, that, that sort of stuff's not unusual.
2: Wade Graham's hit on Davey Mowally, Uh He's now facing three weeks at least. If he mm. challenges it and fails, it'll be four weeks. Um, when I saw it, mate, I thought, wow, what a hit, like everybody. Yeah. But then I saw his feet come off the ground as well yeah. and, and the contact with the head. Do you think that this is, this is the right kind of charge that he should be facing?
1: Yeah, look, I, I can't argue one way, like I did at the start and talk about head knocks and then say that's okay. Um, Wade, oh, I mean, he's one of, my, one of my... In the last decade, one of my favourite players, and they were under the pump at the time, and he thought, I'm going to take it upon myself to try to do what Felice would do the next day, inspire the boys and get a bit of traction. But when you go in like that and you go, you're racing that aggressively, what happens, Matty, is, is you do lose control, you know, and you're putting... Yeah, you're putting the opposition player at risk, but also you're putting your yourself at risk that you're gonna that you're going you know, clip someone on the chin because all of a sudden if they just you know change or they drop a little bit, that's when it goes wrong. And that was the case with Wade. He he didn't. he certainly it's not in his makeup to go out there and do that sort of stuff deliberate. He just you know in in a flash he thought he thought to himself the side needs something here. I'm going to do it. And uh, yeah, it, it just he just miscalculated slightly.
2: It shows you how much of a game of inches, millimeters it is, and obviously where the game's looking at in terms of if you get it wrong, there are penalties to pay. And I think it's pretty clear that in that case, as spectacular and as brutal and as and as great as it was in the scheme of things, there was an element of of it came out wrong, and and he will face the penalty on that. Oh four five seven seven three six. Seven three six. You want to dive in to the EPL this morning? Do so. Liverpool have absolutely pantsed Man United, or one 1170 Who was your standout player from round one? What do you think about the Dalhiem changes? And I also want to know the best newbie of the first round. Who came out of the gates best? This is the roundup right here on SEN. Welcome back. Let's get a Neds update. Really interested in this, uh, especially after the first round of matches. Jared Tims is on the line. Thanks to Neds. Whatever you bet on, take it to the Neds level. Timsy, what are the markets saying after round one?
0: Well, g'day, guys. What a thrill it is to be on with you this season as well. Look, we've had a few movements in this grand final winner market here at Neds. Uh, Penrith. They were $2.70 earlier last week. They're out to $4.50 after that round one loss. I beg your pardon. The Roosters, they've also drifted understandably after that loss to the Dolphins. $4.60 out to $7. The Storm, they're rock solid on that line of betting as well. $7. Really big move further down the market here. This is one we should probably touch on. The Dolphins, they were as long as 100 to 1 a couple of weeks ago. They started round one $67 and they're into $51 now. So a bit of support for the Dolphins after that big win in round one. Yeah, thought
2: there'd be some changes. Good on you, mate. We'll speak again next week. Download the Neds app today and take your betting to the Neds level. Now, Maddie Johns, we've got a... Tell you uh, what,
1: Matty, yep. just quickly, that's a bit of value there about the Roosters. The Roosters, yeah. Yeah, the, roo- the Roosters, <laughs> mate, they, uh, they they plan their run for September. Yeah. Um, and Joey Marnie would come back into the side. Yeah, I. I and uh, JWH, yeah, I'd be... Uh, yeah, I think uh, that really surprises me that you know the blow, uh, that bigger blowout. Seven bucks, seven bucks yeah, jump. That's, that's serious value.
2: Jump on board. Gamble responsibly. Now we've got a text here, uh, Matty, asking if you now get preferential treatment at the Manly Seagulls when it comes to parking. It says obviously you get position one B when you go to Newcastle. One A is reserved for your brother. So, uh, mm. do you get preferential treatment now yeah. when you rock up to Four Pines at Brookie?
1: See, I, I try to explain people on the northern beaches that I haven't lived in Newcastle for <laughs> 23 years, right, and haven't worn a Newcastle jersey for 23 years because everywhere I go on the northern beaches, they give me stick about being a Newcastle knight. And so the the answer, Matty, is no, right? So with the big crowd there the other day, I, so I, I'm cruising with laps around Brookvale Oval trying to find a park. Yeah. Eventually, I have to park at the far side of Narraweena, near Beverly Job Oval. Now, for people who don't know oh. the area, it's literally a 2k walk to get to the ground. Yeah. And I just cop stick. I mean, look, my young blokes playing there, right? Yeah. I live in the local area, people. If you're listening, yeah. I just cop stick the whole way <laughs> to Brookvale Oval, people, or Four Pines Park. People saying to me, "Yeah, mate, we don't give you, pre- you know, we're going to give you special treatment here," and you know, like you do in Newcastle. I'm trying to. Guys, I haven't lived in Newcastle for 23 years. My son is wearing the jersey, even when I'm sitting in the stand. I'm getting people coming up to me, going, "Mate, we're going to give it to you." This shit, guys, 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 guys. My blood is out there playing in the maroon and white. Please give me a break.
2: There you go. That's your answer. Does he get prefer- preferential treatment? No. So, Beverly Job, that's where you went looking yeah. for. You know, that so the great Cliffy yeah. Lines, he tore it up there for, for
1: uh, Narraweena for so many years. Oh, uh, and, and you know, mate, and, the, and here's the other side of the coin, right? Because now I've got a young bloke playing at Manly, I will no longer get preferential pr- treatment when I go to Newcastle. <laughs> <laughs> loser, loser
2: all round. Hey, we need to take a break. More after this. Hey Maddie, what about the top eight after round one? Seagulls are first, Titans are second, then it's the Dolphins, Rabbitohs, Warriors, Storm, Broncos, and Cowboys. So that's the top eight after round one. Let me let me know this. If I gave you a free pass after what you saw out of just one game, could you swap anyone in and swap anyone out of your top eight?
1: Maddie, not as yet. Although uh, the Broncos, I'm looking at them, and I've said this before, when the Broncos lose three in a row and come out the other side, then I'll trust them. Parramatta, Parramatta got a really difficult start to the season. They've got the Sharks this week, and the Sharks will be sky high. Then I believe they have, I think they've got uh, Penrith, the Roosters, and they've got another really tough one in there. So that one thing about when people are expecting you to take the next step after you've made the grand final, if you have a slow start, man, it's hard to hold your nerve. You get, you know, that, so they they got a they got a big month coming up, Parramatta.
2: Mm, yeah, Roosters. They have got West Tigers, and they have got the Bulldogs, and then the Broncos. A quick one on the text line, which we'll address in our next hour. About were Manly that good, or were the Bulldogs diabolically bad on the text line? Oh four five seven seven three six seven three six or one three hundred oh one eleven seventy. Second hour of the program, you can join anytime 0457 736 736. We're covering all bases this morning. One of the leading issues, obviously, is around the independent doctor. And don't forget, in about an hour's time, I'll catch up with Dr. Nathan Gibbs. Uh, very experienced, obviously, almost 40 years worth of experience in all forms of professional sport, but obviously in rugby league as well. Uh, the independent doctor it is here to stay. Does it need tweaking? Do we need doctors? On the sidelines, are you are okay the way that it's panning out for the welfare of the players? The Dolphins, folks, should they become the Redcliffe Dolphins and are they the real deal? Buy in to that one. Plus, we will pick through every match and get Maddie's take match by match from round one. But last night, mate, a couple of things really jumped out at me. Your show on Fox Sports were, number one, Campbell Graham, what a great guest, and number mm-hmm. two, Tony Harrison, far out. How on earth did you control that?
1: He is—he is a class act, Tony Harrison. He—they came in before the show. There was—he had a couple of mates and his manager, and they came in and they're like, "Hey guys, how you doing?" And really appreciate you having us. and' like, you know, and they're all Detroit boys, you know. Yeah. Detroit, you know, it's Floyd Mayweather territory. Uh, Tommy Hearns—it's a tough and rumble place. But they were just. Great guys. And they grabbed Liam Alexander Brandy, his young bloke, who's a producer on the show, and said, could you sit out with us out here in the green room and just sit and explain the show to us? And he said, after, he said, God, they were good guys. And Tony Harrison was, you know, talking, he was a real character on air, but off air, he was, a, he, he was just a really nice, classy guy. And I spoke to Matty Rose about a week ago. They had a bit of a face-off before Creed Three, And I said to him, geez, Tony Harrison, I said, Matty, I've seen him interview I said, he seems like a real classy, good guy, and Matty laughed and said, "Yeah, yeah, he, he is." He said, "That's why we're we're not having anything to do with him," he said because <laughs> he's an easy guy to like. <laughs> <laughs> and Campbell's Campbell's just a great guy. The South Sydney blokes, and I think it's a byproduct, Matty, from having Wayne for a few years. They're just they're just a really relaxed, easygoing bunch of blokes that that are really easy to like. Um, and Campbell's Campbell's terrific fella.
2: He was fantastic and held his own on that couch, no doubt about it. Who was your standout player, Matty, from round one? I mean, some some outstanding um first up performances, but who really stood out for you?
1: Or look the Dally was fantastic. Um You know, yeah, guys. You know, a few of the Rabbitohs players. Lachlan Ilias was absolutely superb. I'm, I'm, I'm sort of leaning his way a little bit. Felice, of course, we spoke about what Felice did. I'm going to go a little bit left field. I tell you, I'm going to go. I'm going to go Adam Reynolds, right? Adam Reynolds put on um, a masterclass in wet conditions. Like he. I think he showed everyone how to play wet-weather football. It was what, you know, Matty, it was what he didn't do. Like watching the Panthers, I thought the last two games in wet conditions, the Panthers have just tried to force their football, where Adam just, you could see him just relaxed. He, did, he didn't force the attack. He did less, and he built all their sets of six up to tackle five and six, where he took control and just would guide the, put the right kick, Kicking in at the right time where the ball needed to be. And in the last 15 minutes he guided them home. Some really clever kicks. He did a challenge which they got the ball back and then kicked the field goal which proved the difference. So yeah, a little bit like Ilyas, fantastic. Felice, brilliant. Daly Cherry is a hat trick. Couldn't have done any more. But I'll just go left to centre. I'll say Adam Reynolds.
2: Adam Reynolds got three points in the Dali M count from round one. And as I mentioned earlier, it's a it's a bit of a change this year. So we've got two judges per match. They'll re- remain anonymous, but they are ex-players. And you can now get a maximum of six points instead of the three. And those who got the maximum, Harry Grant got six. Charles Nickel Kluckstaff got six in the match against the Knights. He was absolutely yeah. outstanding. DCE, as you mentioned, got six. Lachlan Ilias, um, Marshall King got six as well. Um, but Adam Reynolds got three. Now, just on that, the Dallium judging, I think it's great that there's two judges mm. having a look at each match. There was a little bit of discussion this morning on the Brecky Show between Brandy and Michelle Bishop, whether or not you need a player, a judge at the game, or is it okay to be judging, say, sitting at home or in a bunker-style scenario and watching it on the on the
1: box? Does it matter to you? Uh, I would say no. Like, like I, I think at home, as far as who are the standout players, you get a better idea probably at home. I prefer to watch – if I'm going to analyse the game mm. – uh, holistic, saying, righto, how teams are playing, how they're setting up. I prefer to watch it live because you've got the wide shot continually. But television is is better to just sit there and identify and go, man, he was, he was the best player. Because you've got the replays mm. and, and so on and so forth. And there's other exceptions. I mean, I was sitting watching live the Manly and it was clear cut. Dally Cherry Evans was the best player, you know. Three tries, uh, and Ola Kowatu and and Tommy, and, and so on and so forth. But um, yeah, I, I think I think for a judge it's at home, I mean, I, I like the fact that it's gone anonymous. Blake said to me yesterday, oh, you know, the, you know, it's wrong. They should they should be held accountable." I said, "Well, that's that's the problem. Is that you know sometimes you, you uh, uh, they ask people to be judges and they do it in good faith." And then they just get absolutely hammered because people you know, don't agree with them, mm. and uh, pretty thankless jobs. I really like the system they got at the moment with two judges. I, I think, um, yeah, I think I think it's terrific. I, I think I really like the concept.
2: Points from the opening twelve rounds to be in the paper every morning on a on a Monday morning in the Daily Telly. I, I agree. I think any time you can remove the responsibility of say commentating a match. It's very hard to commentate something and judge it at the same time. Yes. No matter how good you are. And, and I've been in this position made in supercars where we had the Barry Sheen medal. And when you're the play-by-play commentator, you see and hear and, and feel everything, but you don't necessarily absorb it at the time because you have a job to do. And and well, I remember yeah. walking away, mate. Seriously, I remember walking away and having the, the hardest part of my weekend was to try and figure out a three-two-one because so much goes on and you're in charge of so much um, logistics, if you want to call it that, right. around your commentary and getting to breaks, all that kind of stuff. It's the last thing that you want to yes. think about.
1: Absolutely. And, and what about the old days of the Rothmans medal, which was done differently, yeah. where the referees did the 3 yeah. two, one I mean, the referees, I mean, ha- imagine how difficult that was. And there used to be the old argument. They, some, there was a couple of players that won Rothmans medals. And people would say, well, uh, you know, fellow players would say, yeah, that what this bloke used to do, he used to go up after the game and shake <laughs> the referee's hand, and he used to get preferential <laughs> treatment. But imagine how hard that would be, refereeing a game, then afterwards they say, right, who are the three best players on the field? If you're doing your job properly as a referee, you don't know. no. That's right.
2: That's right. And the last thing you want is, is all these players coming up and shaking your hands like, get off. Um, yeah. And that goes back to the days when players, when referees didn't uh, didn't call players by their names either. Now
1: it's That's right. first
2: names, second names, nicknames and middle names. Right. Let's get your Matty's take on the match-by-match match, uh, set up from round one. So Storm defeat the Eels to start it off on Thursday night. It was four points in the end. It all comes down to Harry Grant taking the risk that a, that a coach like Craig Bellamy gives him the freedom to take. A couple of things out of this one. The Cameron Munster situation, do you reckon they win if he doesn't come back on the field with that injury?
1: No, they don't. They don't win. Uh, That was... Look, I I actually expected Munster uh, to come back. There's certain injuries, Matty, where as long as you hear, okay, you can't really do any further damage. Let's go on. Uh, Yeah, right, let's go. Injuries, to a certain extent, Matty, above above the waist... A lot of times you need them and get on with it. It's the ones like you know, you know, torn hamstring, quad, ankle ligaments. They're the ones you can't return from. But of course, he's having surgery. He's going to be out for a few weeks. But no, they don't. They don't win. Parramatta win that game if Munster doesn't come back.
2: If they end up down the other end, if Harry Grant doesn't score that try, if they end up down the other end, what's what's the X-factor play that Mitchell Moses needs to put on, and do they have it in them, the Eels?
1: I think they do. I think the, the more pressing point, Maddie, is that for for players with so much experience, like uh, Josh Hodgson, uh, Mitchell Moses, and play with the class, uh, like, yeah, and Gutho, throw that in as well, uh, but also Dylan Brown, to say, right our boys, we're up there. We've got field position. Taking that one point should have been just straightforward. Right, a couple here, work towards the post, buy yourself a bit of depth, grab the point. Like... Cooper Cronk was genius at it. Cooper, again, very pragmatic guy. And he just had a system all the time. Worked to that point. This is where I like to take it. Take the point. Get it done. And they just... They they blew... They really blew it. The kicking on tackle one. Uh, they, that, that's the thing that would have irked Brad Arthur. Guys, mate, fellas, all our experience and we can't get that done. Come on.
2: So Storm 16, Eels 12. Warriors 20, defeated... The Knights 12 over there in Wellington. As I called this, Matty, I, I thought a couple of yes. things. The the green shoots are there for the Knights. Um, some changes along the way. But you look at the Warriors and you know what? They physically, mentally, yes. and, and now with their playing style, don't look anything like the Warriors that we used to see. Jackson Ford, terrific. Mitchell Barnett, yes. massive game. Nickel Klugstaff, a, a huge game as well. So probably the best thing for Warriors fans is they don't
1: look like the Warriors of old. Yeah, and you know what they—they're getting, Mat- Matty. They're starting to get a little bit of that old Warriors, Auckland Warriors, and, and New Zealand Warriors DNA. When you used to play the Warriors, you would—you would literally put you put a circle around that fixture, and you'd say, "That's going to hurt." Even if we get the two points, we're going to go over there, they're going to play a really physical style, and it's going to be tough. They're going to be a tough team to beat. You're going to pay the price for your victory. And they'd gone away from that. They They started to become They became diet Aussies. You know, playing a lesser version of this structured Australian side. They've always played their best when they've established their own style and I see them getting back to that. Their young forwards are playing a lot of great power football and although they've got an Australian coach and Andrew Webster, you can see that's where he's pushing them. And I'm, I, I love to see the Warriors do well. They're one of my when they start to play good football. They're one of my favourite sides.
2: Yeah, they didn't look like the Warriors of yesterday, but they looked like the Warriors of yesteryear. You're right, going back yes. to that we're tough uh, DNA. Broncos thirteen defeat the Panthers twelve. Um, the Panthers obviously look different as well. How much, Matty, are they really going to miss? Api Corasal, Viliame Kikau in particular.
1: Yeah, look, Matty, in the short term, is going to be uh, short term is going to be pretty significant loss until the other players start to bed down and until uh, Matty like they actually like to use, I'll use one example here, like Jerome Jerome Luai is used to having kick out alongside him so he would have played a style of football that Uh, That suited him, and also kick out working that combination and having that big body. Jerome will have to go back to the drawing board a little bit and say, "Okay, got a new back rower here. How do we make this work?" That's going to take a little bit of time. Look, Penrith will be in the the final four; they're going to be there towards the end, but they've just, like like I said, in the first their first two performances, St Helens and against the Broncos, they've gone out there and they haven't played the conditions. They've, just, they've, they've tried to force their style of football into conditions that didn't suit.
2: If defence is an attitude, Matty, has Kevy Walters got a lot to be happy about with the attitude of the Bronx?
1: Yep. You, if you, to, you measure desire by uh, defensive energy and they've got plenty of desire.
2: Manly 31 defeat the Bulldogs 6 on Saturday afternoon a big uh, crowd at Four Pines Park at Brookvale. I thought one of the key things here aside from the fact that the Manly machine looked completely different. Remember in the pre-season games, Daily Cherry-Evans not sighted, didn't play mm. a second in Cotton Wool and he comes out here and puts on an absolute show. It was almost like they were they were kind of trying to fool everyone into the old
1: Guess who isn't here? And he arrived big time. Yeah, he did. And what that shows as well, their trial form was so good. And then to put it into round one, to, to play that way in the trial games, and, okay, granted, it is trial football, but, but they beat some a you know, couple of good sides and with young guys. It shows the system's right. It shows that, that the way Anthony Seabold's got them playing uh, and his assistants, Shane Flanagan and Jimmy Dimmick, what they've gone about is the system's right. That the players believe in what they're doing, and 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 then Daly coming back into the side and Tom coming back into the side, that's the bonus, right? You get yourself into trouble when you start to look at your top players and you rely on them so much. The bottom line is you have to have a system at play that can stand up when the stars aren't there. The stars are a bonus.
2: If Bill Knowles taught anything to Tom Trubojevic, you get the feeling that he taught him that he doesn't need to be in seventh gear the whole time. And there was yeah. a couple of times there at the back end when the game was done, and he just knocked it back a couple of gears. The Bulldogs, you, your early take on them then?
1: Oh, look, they'll get there. I I think that, uh, look, that, that was a, they, they came up with a lot of errors in that heat. Like, honestly, the heat... Watching both sides in the last 10, 15 minutes, they've just completely out of gas. And the fact that Manly had a lion's share of possession, um, that that made it really hard on the Bulldogs. Uh, again, it's combinations. Uh, I think Matty Burton probably tried to go out there and play too much like a playmaker. He plays his best when he just... He's primarily a runner of the football. Um, he'll be better for that run. Reed Marnie was sensational. Rude Marnie, we, I haven't mentioned him. He was... He was he was close to the best player in the field. He was that good. Every time he he took off, he created something. Uh, I, I I've really seen such a good, uh, such a great performance for a side that was so so badly beaten.
2: The Cowboys defeated the Raiders by the single points. So Chad mm. Townsend nails the field goal up there in Townsville. Scotty Drinkwater picks up from where he left off last year, and Ricky's got some. Questions. We touched on the Rabbitohs 27 over the Sharks and the performance 27-18 and the performance in particular of Lachlan Ilias. The Dolphins, of course, come out swinging. What a story. 28 points to 18. The one we haven't looked at is the Titans defeating the West Tigers yesterday, uh, last night really at Leichhardt Oval. So another massive, massive uh, crowd there, but as you mentioned, David Fafita, 200 meters, one line break, uh, a try assist as well. Yeah. What what kind of season is he in for in 2023?
1: Well, I, I'm I'm praying that Kieran plays 20 plus games, and if Kieran does that, then David Fafita's going to have a big season. And 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 it's funny, you know, when players are on the final year of their contract, sometimes <laughs> what happens is they tend to go up a gear. Necessity does that, but no, no, it, 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 it's good to see and. Tino, man, what a, what a player! Uh, big Tino yep. is great captain. Great that that club it deserves success. Has gone through some really difficult periods, and mate, they've got a they've got some really really good young players. Semi Verrells is going to prove a really good, great signing for the Titans.
2: What about Appy Corrissau and the West mm. Tigers? What what has Tim Sheens and Benji Marshall got to do here? Appy played forty six minutes yesterday. No doubt he's going to be key to their thinking in. In this season, so how do you best use him?
1: Oh, look, I, I think I think with Appy, you make him the the focal point of the attack. As yesterday, because he was under done, didn't play trials. They started with him on the bench. I think that proved, in hindsight, a mistake. But that's you know you haven't got the benefit of that before a match. If they'd gone out there and and all of a sudden blew him away in the last sixty minutes, people had said, oh mate, that, what a genius move. Uh, Appy will be Appy's got to be the focal point of the attack. Um, with Brooks and, and Dewey, they, they've got to be secondary. Everything's got to come from Appy. It was funny because, Maddie, you got to be really careful with your trial games. They, they were awful against the Warriors and that second game against Canberra, they spanked them. And I reckon sometimes when you have a trial performance like that, suddenly in the next two weeks you get a little overhyped and you start to sit back and go, wow, here we go, everything's in place. And it bit them a little bit. So I, I think... I'm expecting a big perform- performance uh, from the Tigers this week as they uh, they take on uh, Newcastle at Leichhardt.
2: This is the roundup across the SEN network. Oh four five seven seven three six seven three six uh, six. That's Matty's take on round one of the NRL Premiership. You got a question for Matty Johns? Fire it on in or pick up the open line one 1170 Best pass today. We have got a double pass to the Newcastle five hundred. So the first round of the Supercars. Uh, um, of 2023, so a double pass to this week. And don't forget, we'll have full coverage of round one of the supercars begins this Sunday on SEN and the SEN app. Back after this. Don't forget the Bryden's lawyers, your verdict. Competition pick one NRL winner each week for your chance to win $2,500. Go to sensurvivor.com.au. Matty, let's get to some of these text messages that have come in and something that you touched on, Matt. The NRL scheduling with a game in the heat at Suncorp. How can the NRL repeatedly talk about having the players' welfare a priority? Would have been like a heat bowl on Sunday afternoon early in the season. Should have been played at night because it was in Brisbane technically in summer. I mean, very hard to argue with all of those points, isn't it? Spot on.
1: Yeah. Yes, absolutely. I, I remember the first time, Maddie, going to when the Cowboys first come to the comp in 95 and we went up and played them and <laughs> so we get we get up there and, and they're very clever. Actually, it was 96 the first time we played. We, the first year we played them at home, not away, but we went up there and and it was um, we walk in and it's gone. God, it's humid. You walk into the dressing room and it's beautifully air conditioned, fantastic. And yeah. then we go out to warm up. And we do a normal warm up. We walk back and we're gone. There's just no gas, no gas in the tank. Um, and like for a lot of those Roosters players yesterday, and like they played the style of football, Dolphins, they played a style of football like a team that had trained and prepared in those conditions.
2: Where do you think that the Dolphins, that debut, sits in teams that have debuted in the season? I got a text here saying they used the Melbourne Storm formula when they came in in 98. Get a world-class coach, get a world-class forward pack, get some exciting outside backs. Um, I remember when the Broncos came in and they they took down Manly at Lang Park and Wayne was in charge that day. You you and I both remember when Canberra and the Illawarra Steelers
1: came in as well. Where does it sit, you reckon? I think I still think the Broncos' introduction is the greatest uh, we've seen because of, yeah, it was the romance of Wally and June Miles and Greg Dowling and all those Colin Scotts coming into the NRL for the first time. Given they were still these iconic figures, uh, and then beating the Premiers, belting the Premiers so significantly, when people went away from that, going this team, no one's going to beat this team this year, uh, and they actually missed the eight. I and I I reckon second is the Dolphins. I think the Melbourne Storm, the next one, the Melbourne Storm beat Illawarra on the bell. Scotty Hill scored the try. When someone... Uh, I was talking uh, to a mate yesterday and he said, how do you think this game will go? And I said, I think the Dolphins will give cheek. I think their performance will basically mirror the Warriors when they first come into the comp, who played this epic game against the Broncos. Yeah. They led, but eventually the Broncos... Um, they got control and, and class one, and for a long, long time in the game, I thought, hang on, I'm going to look like a free genius here. But then, mate, they just went on with it. So I think only second to that uh, to the '88 Broncos.
2: All right, we'll take a break. News is coming up, and then more on the other side of the roundup. Thanks, Vanessa. Let's go straight to the open line. Uh, Shane is on the line uh, from Marrickville. Good morning to you, Shane.
0: Good day, boys. How are you How are. you, Shane. Maddie, I just want to ask you a quick one. Cameron Munster's replacement, Nick Arima, Jonah Pezet, or Tyron Wishart.
1: Oh, jeez! I tell you what, I reckon they might do. I reckon they might. When when they lose, when they lose a, a playmaker, the first thing Bellamy thinks about is putting in. Well, rather than think attack, he always thinks defence. I reckon they might put Chris Lewis into six. He's done that many times before just to just to hold up an edge defensively. That that's my gut feel. I reckon that, that's what he'll do. Uh, at a pinch, maybe think about putting Nick for uh, in fourteen. Young Jonah's probably twelve months it's twelve months too early for Jonah. But I my my money be on Chris Lewis. Who would you go with Shane? Yeah. Look I've watched out uh, young Jonah
0: and uh, I know he might be a bit young Matty but Jizzy looks the goods. He comes a good stock.
1: Yeah, no doubt, definitely. He's a very, very talented player. Um, my, my thing about it is is that at the moment, he's got a bit of filling out to do still, and just, I just know how Bellamy works. First and foremost, he goes, I've got to pick a bloke who's just going to be able to hold his own defensively and be able to dominate the tackle. The other option is he might push, push Meeny up into six no. and then have a look at slipping someone else into fullback. Exactly, who I'm not sure, but got a couple of options there. But I think, like, I think he's got a bright future, Jonah. But I still, I reckon he's probably nine to 12 months away.
2: Good on you, Shane. Appreciate the call, mate. Thank you for calling. You got a question for Matty? Now's the time to hit us up 1300 01 1170. Just on that, Matty, let's go back to the discussion that we had last week because Cameron Munster, he's going to be gone for what, three to four weeks, let's call it, Mm. uh, at, at least. And we spoke about the Ryan Pappenhausen effect. Now, just there, you're saying perhaps Nick Meany goes up to six, mm. and, and that's rock solid. You know what you're going to get with Nick Meany. But without Ryan Pappenhausen, it still creates another yeah. hole
1: elsewhere. Yeah, yeah, it does. That's you know, The Pappenhausen loss is, is huge. And Melbourne had evolved. Melbourne had been a side, Matty, that um, so when they started to have – Success at the start of uh, at the beginning of that dynasty, like two thousand and six. Even though they had brilliant players there, in you know Smith and all these young players emerging, Slater and so on. Primarily, they were a grafting side. They just wore teams down, and then bit by bit, they've evolved in this amazing attacking outfit. You're going to see them regress again. I'm not talking about regress as far as not get results, but they will regress. You'll see them play a far less flamboyant style and you'll see more 16, 12 you know 12-8 uh, you know r- rather than 42-18 you know, and that sort of stuff they're going to they, they're going to have to play a completely different style of football
2: the storm have the bulldogs on uh, saturday evening just back to our discussion about teams coming in and we went back to 1988 the day the broncos came in against uh, the manly seagulls and they walloped them as you well mentioned 44 mm. points to 10 and that was um, also famous for the great wee don mckinnon incident yes. up there at uh, Lang Park. But <laughs> one thing I did forget, Maddie, and, and you pointed out to me, is the Broncos went on a run. They went on a great mm. run. So they didn't just come in swinging, a la the Dolphins did yesterday. They kept it going. They they knocked off the Panthers in round two. They beat the Magpies in round three. They won against the Bears, who were still in the comp then back in, four, uh, in round four. They beat... The Parramatta Eels in round five, they beat Newcastle in round six, and you've got to get to round seven mm. before they lost their first game to the Tigers. I mean, that is some yep. kind of start.
1: Yeah, and what the Tigers did, often the other sides tried to compete, beat Brisbane by playing Brisbane football. Brisbane were dictating the terms of the con- uh, of the uh, contest, and just outskilling teams. What the, what the Tigers decided to do, they, they decided to play a style of football that was very different than those great players that played up there in Queensland were used to. They just played tight and they played all their football in and around Benny Elias by splitting the markers and clever little inside balls and they just wore the Broncos out. And that was the, for the rest of that season, that was the formula the teams went with. You, um, the Tigers set the blueprint and... As I said before, the Broncos went from being a team that about five, six rounds in, everyone go, well, no-one's going to beat them. What are we going to do? Everyone, they're going to go through undefeated to not making the finals.
2: Yeah, incredible run. Uh, just on the text line, this one from Damo, the Dirty Eel, says, Morning, boys. I feel all the press is coming down hard on the Eels. They only mm. lost in Golden Point after a silly knock-on. They had only 70 of the original grand final side, yet you guys praise how good the st- Storm were. Mm. Um, what's with the parabashing in the media week to week?
1: Yeah, it's not a It's just I, I think it's just expectations. You're right. You're right. They've 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 been depleted. I mean, there's players. I mean, Reed Marnie. I was watching that game on the weekend, going, what a loss he's been. And and Josh Hodgson, if he can get back towards towards his his best, um, he, he'll be enormous. I he was. I thought he was really good in round one. The big. Thing at the moment, Isaiah Popoli is such a big loss. And also, mate, Sean Lane's injury and then Ryan Madison. Hasn't that come back to bottom on the ass, when he was off at $4,000 fine or take the suspension and he took the suspension? Mate, I reckon he'd be getting some dirty looks from Brad Arthur at the moment.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Uh, Andrew says, guys, you forget the Broncos were playing the ex-Premiers. You know yourselves, it's easier to get up against yeah. the Premiers. Do, do you buy into that?
1: it is easy to get up but it, tell you what makes it, it's very very hard to beat them at home and really hard to beat them given the fact that they were knocked off in the world club challenge and were criticized after St Helens game so yeah, I, I don't really take that into consideration. I think it was a fantastic performance by the Broncos. Let's go through round two. Get your thoughts
2: on what's going to happen this weekend. So it starts on Thursday night. I mean, the word blockbuster. You're going to hear a lot of it in the next oh. two or three days because it's an absolute beauty. Panthers, the Rabbitohs. So here's the question: What is what does Ivan Cleary do this week to turn it around?
1: I think I, I think they've just got to they've got to get back to playing. More blue-collar football, and the and all the cleverness and the brilliantness will take care of itself. I think you start to build the game. Like I said the other, Reynolds played a really patient game and built towards built the victory off his his kick options at the end of sets. I'd be going back if I was uh, if I was Ivan and playing a power football, power game off the back of uh, James Fisher-Harris uh, Moses and Moses Leota and and whatnot, and I'd be just saying, mate, boys, we build towards Nathan's kick. And we just build the game on kick pressure. And build the game, we just tackle our backsides off. Let's get the uh, let's get the horse ahead of the cart uh, and let's stop trying to force our football with so much sideways ball movement.
2: That's uh, Blue Bet Stadium, 8 o'clock Thursday, one three hundred oh one eleven seventy. 1170 Cuzzy from Brisbane is on the line. What do you want to hey. have a chat about, Cuzzy? Good morning, mate.
0: Hi, boys. How are you? Great, Cuzzy. Hey, Okay, I'm a big rah-rah fan, right? But with that performance yesterday, right, I don't know if you've heard. Cliff Morgan, right, commentator, famous call of the greatest try ever scored in Mobile Union, right? He said, after Gareth Evans scored the first try, and this applies to Dolphins yesterday, if the greatest writer of the written word would have wrote that story, nobody would have believed it. I mean, beating a 1908 foundation club in game one, boys, it's just amazing. Yeah.
1: Uh, and, and, did you see? And,
0: hey, did, did you see the way Bennett drive at press conference? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He doesn't miss. Wayne,
1: Wayne loves it. Wayne was just sitting there. He was in hog heaven. He had that smirk on his face. <laughs> Everything a said, he would just have a little dig. And, and by the way, that Gareth Edwards try. He was, hey, am I right in saying it was against the Barbarians? Yeah, no, he played for the Barbarians, but oh, yeah, it was oh,
0: great, oh, yes. was try. Hey, but. Boys, the Wayne Bennett jive, right? Did you did you hear this one? It's a classic in that press conference, right? He said, um, "Oh, great crowd, 32177. Uh, only 17,000 played 17,451 actually." In the Broncos' first match in '98, boys, so we're here. Oh, yeah. <laughs> a, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was
2: a little sledge, a little sledge, Rooney when he oh, he threw that but, one in. But he's he's one, world yeah. champ
1: at it, Matty. Wayne, as he's got older, okay, he's become more motivated. <laughs> By revenge than anything else. <laughs> Good on you, Cuzzy.
2: Appreciate the call. Friday, Eels take on the Sharks. A uh, couple of teams with a point to prove early on. Only round two at Combank Stadium. Maddie,
1: this is going to be a, this will be a cracking game. Both sides, really, both sides in their own way would have been disappointed with the first round performance. Uh, like Sharks will be sky high for this. Talking to Campbell Grain last night, he said, "Mate, they really like they really beat South Sydney up." um really physical style I, I still have sharks in my top four so this will go this will go all the way to the wire I think I, I think that Brad Arthur will pull his spine in and really r- read them the right act about how they went about their football at the back end this is I tell you what, you're splitting here is trying to find a winner here.
2: Yeah, that's the early Friday game. The late one is Broncos v Cowboys, so another huge one at Suncorp <laughs> Stadium. I mean, I'm just taking a look at the odds, right? So, basically, the bookies can't split them either. A dollar eighty three Broncos, dollar ninety eight cows.
1: Yeah, great game. This the the Cowboys. I thought learnt a lesson uh, on on Saturday. They lost respect for their opponent. They went out there. Their, their first 25-30 minutes was sensational. They were just blowing the Raiders off the park, and suddenly, right, they started getting frivolous with the football. Uh, you know, blowing opportunities, giving the Raiders cheap field position, and mate, the Raiders nearly pinched it. And this is the thing, mate, with the young sides, young sides, you've just got to keep them grounded all the time. I think Toddy will give them a pretty decent spray. Um, they've just, they've got to find that right balance. For all their attacking brilliance, you've got to build your game on defence. And it's, it is literally, like, really contrasting styles in the fact that the Cowboys, when they got the football, like to play sideline to sideline. Um, Broncos like to play tight and through the middle. I'm going to go, look as good as the Broncos were first up, I... I if the Cowboys can pour as much energy into their defence as their attack, I'm gonna I'm gonna go for the Cowboys in a tight one.
2: All right, let us know your thoughts. Oh four five seven seven three six seven three six. Halfway through the predictions, early doors for round two. We'll continue those after this. Not a bad way to start a Monday morning, is it, Matty? Just sit around, talk a bit of footy, pick through the issues, pick a few teams. Say. Hey?
1: Look, look, I did work experience as a plumber, all right? And if you said to me I could be s- sitting here talking about rugby league. Or have my hand um, in a sewerage system. (laughs)
2: <laughs> Hang on. At times, is there a difference?
1: <laughs> uh, it's a, well, it could be worse. There's no difference if you're a coach.
2: Uh, on that uh, question from Miles listening into Byron Bay, at, in Byron Bay, just want to ask, Matty, I'm so happy we've got Lachlan Miller and Jackson Hastings at the Knights this year. I feel we'll build and get better. But if we lose to the Tigers, do you think pressure continues on the coach? Personally, I like him as a coach, says uh, Miles, but... How long does he have if we don't win games?
1: Oh, look, like he asked Adam, and of course, any look, any coach that finished in the bottom half of the of the competition, there, there is pressure, and if you lose a couple, the first couple in a row, of course, there really is. You know, the, you know, Matty, there, there's pressure on just about every coach in the league, like different types of pressure, like like Trent Robbo. Who the Roosters might very well go on to win this competition, but after that result yesterday, he goes back and sleeps uneasy. And there's probably walking people around got, walking around the SSO was going, Whoa, "I tell you what, it might be time for a change," mm. you know. And and Wayne Bennett going into that first game again, you know, for the Dolphins after how bad they were in that last trial, there was pressure on Wayne. He won't admit it, but of course there was. And so every coach has a certain amount of pressure, but yeah you know, of course others uh, just more significant
2: good on you miles thank you for the text let's move on got a couple of minutes to go so i'll get your tips for the remaining matches in round 2 roosters against the warriors so the roosters will be happy to be at alliance
1: look i think i think the roosters you know brandon smith for instance like brandon uh, had only played about 30 minutes of trial football he'll be better that the Roosters should win this one.
2: Dolphins, can they keep the rage going, mate? Now they're in Redcliffe. Now they're up there at KO Stadium, and they got the Raiders.
1: Yeah, why not? I'll, I'll I'll go again. Back at Redcliffe for their first game. Um, I'll go very very tight, but I'll, I'll I'll go the Dolphins. So let's keep the let's keep the uh, let's keep the goodwill going.
2: Double down on the emotion. Storm have the Bulldogs at Amy Park.
1: Righto. I, look, I'm going to go for the Storm, but. I think, I think the Dogs will be right up for this one. I anticipate a, a very, very tough game, particularly since there's no Munster. All right, Storm v Bulldogs then. Sunday afternoon, so the
2: Tigers go back-to-back at Leichhardt Oval. Newcastle travel down to Sydney for a nice Sunday afternoon match in front of a, another big crowd. Gee, there's a lot on the line on both of this. You know, obviously early days in the competition, but there's so much pressure on both of these teams.
1: Mm. Our Father, right in heaven, hello, be my name, My kingdom come. We we'll don't in heaven, Newcastle. <laughs> I, I never, I've never
2: heard a tip done on a rosemary before, but nice work. Um, Dragons have the Titans then on Sunday evening, 6:15 at NetSider. A
1: lot of stake here for um, Anthony Griffin. I, I'm going I'm to go. Um, I'll go for the Titans to make it two in a row.
2: Okay, Titans to make it two in a row. Dragons come off the bye, and that's their first match, obviously, for the season. And uh, the Manly Warringah Seagulls will have the bye after getting their win. So they'll stay up uh, at the top of the table. Good on you, Matty. Great to uh, catch up on this Monday morning. Enjoy the rest of the day. You stay cool. It's going to be hot in Sydney town today.
1: Oh, yes. I'll go and put the, uh, the Speedos on, head down to Collaroy Beach, and... Uh... Yes, have a good one. Mm. Steer clear of Collaroy, folks. Nice work. Matty Johns with the roundup. By the way, 38
2: degrees is the top temperature in Sydney today for our Brisbane listening audience. 31 for you across the course of the day. Our show continues. 0457 736, 736 is the text line of one is the open line. We'll take your texts, take your calls. If you'd like to talk about the incredible performance from Liverpool across uh, the EPL overnight, Liverpool 7, Manchester United 0. That's the score. And boy, has it got everybody talking. You want to dive into that debate? Be part of the show after this. We'll take a break and come back.